Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and several things to watch this week. We started with a Meryl Streep double feature, and first up was The Prom, which is a Ryan Murphy original film on Netflix. It's based on a Broadway musical, and it's about a group of down-on-their-luck Broadway stars that shake up a small Indiana town as they rally behind a teen who just wants to attend the prom with her girlfriend. Then we also watched Let Them All Talk on HBO Max, and that's the story of a celebrated author, played by Meryl Streep, who takes a cruise with old friends, played by Candace Bergen and Diane Weiss, to have fun, heal old wounds, and cure her writer's block. We also watched another of these Lifetime original holiday films that are pretty diversity and inclusion oriented, and this one was the all Asian slash Asian American one, and it was called A Sugar and Spice Holiday, and it was on Lifetime. And we're assuming that majority of people have not seen this one, so just the plot of that one is the movie follows Susie, a rising young architect who returns to her small hometown in Maine for Christmas where her Chinese-American parents, played by Tai Ma and Lillian Lim, run the local lobster bar. Following the loss of her beloved grandmother, who was a legendary baker in their community, Susie is guilted into following in her grandmother's footsteps by entering the local gingerbread house competition. Teaming up with an old high school friend, Billy, who grew up to be a catch, Susie must find the right recipes and mix of sugar and spice infused with her cultural traditions to win the competition and perhaps find some love in the process. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we watched The 12 Dates of Christmas. We are now officially caught up through the series that have, has aired. They have yet to air the reunion at the time we recorded this, so we'll be probably taking a look at that. But spoiler alert for everything I just described. And then be sure to stay tuned after the main discussion as we have a couple follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? I think like we referred to in our discussion of the Crazy Disney Investor Day stuff, we watched Ryan Murphy's The Prom, and Ryan Murphy only has two modes, and that's horror or camp. And this was so aggressively camp that it was borderline offensive. I was offended by it. I did not like this film. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah, I want to hear more about that. Am I the only one who didn't like it? Am I? Am I, so I, <laughs> I'm more middle ground. I, I had a good time watching it, and I, I appreciated a lot of technical aspects about it, and I actually found it quite funny. Like, I laughed a lot, but like, especially Meryl, you know, I found her very funny. But, you know, it's not something that I'm raving about and going to be, like, watching over and over and over. But I thought it was fun. And as far as, like, stage to screen musicals go, I haven't seen this on the stage. But it felt kind of like they took aspects of, like, what worked in Chicago in a less aggressive way and then kind of paired it with, like, a hairspray vibe and kind of... I liked the lighting concepts and the changes that they would do when they'd go into some cheesy numbers and like that. So I appreciated the commitment to the camp. But... You know, it's pretty surface level like. Yeah, I wouldn't say I liked it, but I did not hate it. <laughs> I, like Matt, thought that Meryl was hilarious in a couple of parts. I thought that Nicole was pretty funny in a couple of parts. And that's all I liked about it, really. I didn't really like the main character much. Oh, you didn't like the girl? I thought she, well, I mean, I think she had a good voice. I just think that, like, it was kind of a boring story. See, I, I had the opposite reaction. I thought her story was the most interesting part to me. And the most, not unique part, but the meta-ness of shows about show business. Like, I don't know. I love Broadway musicals in general. Not all of them, but there are some that I really love. And I don't know if I'd seen the musical if I would have liked it either. So I'm like, the source material is, because anytime you make an in-joke about an industry, it gets, it can get, it's a tricky line to, to balance. And I just felt like it fell really flat for me, especially James Corden. I know we've talked about, or I've talked about, mm -hmm. I don't like James Corden. Yeah. yeah. Also just the whole, the whole idea that Ryan Murphy, who's so on the forefront of 
diversity and inclusion and not just LGBTQ representation, but also he's one of the participants in the behind the camera stuff where a lot of his productions have to be, I think, 50% female led. Mm-hmm. Would cast a straight man in this campy gay role is really confusing to me. I thought that was really interesting, yeah. James Corden didn't do anything that I couldn't see another Broadway actor being able to pull off. And, you know, you've already got Meryl Streep, you've already got Nicole Kidman, you've already got Andrew Reynolds. Like, why do you need another name? You could have brought in a true Broadway star or another theater or a movie or TV star who can sing and dance. James Corden didn't kill it in this role for me, so it it doesn't justify it at all. So I was really annoyed by that. I would agree with that. And to that point, too, well, kind of that point, but when we talk about Ryan Murphy stuff, one thing that annoys me about his stuff, especially like Hollywood earlier this year and and just other projects, is he is so, especially with the men, but he is so focused on casting just the stereotypical hottest people he can find. And I liked that in this, that didn't seem to be a thing. Not to say people were unattractive in this film, but I just mean it wasn't, let's just get the most stunningly gorgeous people of all time together that can't act very well and mm-hmm. throw them in. I like that there was more of a, it seemed like people were casted for the talent and the James Corden point's an absolutely valid one, but I liked that about it. And Andrew Rannells I always enjoy, so I liked seeing him. But yeah, it's interesting. And I also, I don't know, I, I thought that with the four stars being the way they were, I thought that uh, you could have put some color in there. You could have mm-hmm. done something instead of just four white people. I did like that it kind of seemed to be making fun of slash kind of providing a commentary on this vapid famous person who is an activist and the preachiest person of all time, but like showing that like they do it for the optics. I'm not saying right. that there's not great celebrities out there, but everyone becomes the biggest preachy just kind of, oh, change, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. And they just get really overbearing. And it's like, what you, you wonder sometimes when you're a famous person, how much is for the optics and how much is because you actually care. So I did appreciate that these people were, they were making fun of the fact that these people did not care about this girl at first. It was very, you know what I mean? It was a little bit, but it was very about them. And I liked that they didn't lose that. I loved, my favorite part is Meryl, her song, like, It's Not About Me. But when she gets there and they interrupt the PTA meeting, I just thought it was just like, what is this? This is so ridiculous. And it was just so over the top. I was was laughing. I was was laughing at it. Yeah. And and I think it wanted you to laugh at that. But I mean, so it worked for me in that way. But, But yeah, I... I think total valid point. I also, I just realized your statement about people of color. I forgot already that Kerry Washington and Keegan-Michael Key are in it. Yeah. Kerry uh, Washington also, who is someone I adore, like such a confusing role for her to be playing. Yeah, she, she like, was above this. Like, I the, actually yeah. kind of enjoyed that she played the uptight, normally like mid-40s white woman. She played the Karen. Yeah, she played a Karen, which yeah. I thought was kind of an interesting take on it, but... Yeah, and I thought she did a good job. I just think she's a little bit above the role because it just wasn't. Oh, 100%. Enough. You yeah. know what I mean? It's And it, it was kind of such a, she was great, but it's like you can see she totally phoned it in. It was like, oh, I just got to act like a bitch. I mean, <laughs> but also the amount of exposition <laughs> that happens usually in musicals versus on screen, I, you know, it felt like a one-to-one translation here. And I didn't love that. You know, her her lines especially were very, very expository. And I was just like, okay, we get it. You're setting it up. Yeah, and I believe the writers of the stage show, stage plays, like, were wrote this, right? Like, they were involved. I think like, so. I think the they audition. were heavily involved so, in the... So that's yeah. what happened. Yeah, it gets very, like... But yeah, I think it was it was a mix of... I, I really... And I, I really liked the cinematography, shockingly. I was kind of like... I was, I was into the scene work, especially the musical numbers, but the lighting concepts with the cinematography. And then I saw at the end, it was filmed by Matthew Libatique, who's, like, my all-time fave uh, cinematographer. So I, was, I thought, like, interesting pairing there, too. <laughs> but I was here for it, you know. 
But yeah, it's not something I need to see again, but I wouldn't be like angry or totally anti if I was someday with a friend who like wanted to watch it again. And I was like, or wanted to, wanted to see it. And, they, and I was like, okay, whatever. It's I actually list. thoroughly enjoyed the bar scene at the at the beginning where they find out that their play gets uh, ruined yeah. by the New York Times and they're sitting there and uh, he's yeah. talking about Juilliard and they're trying to that get was, I mean, I, That was one joke I laughed at, but like, yeah. that's a Harvard joke. That's a Yale joke. You yeah. Know, that's a... But when yeah. but when they were talking about the reviews, though, and he got such better, he's all, do her, do her. And then she got her review, and she goes, well, that's not a criticism as much as a, a personal attack. <laughs> and she like, <laughs> and it's just only Meryl. I just, I don't know. I love Meryl. And so it, it was just this thing where it was like any lesser actress, I don't think, would have translated that character's like vapidness quite the way Meryl can because these little inflections and things that she does. I just, you know, I'm a fanboy, but I, I loved her in that role. That was hilarious. But. Yeah, you know, take it. Or leave she it, just though. she just doesn't do comedies very often, so I like I enjoy the I enjoy seeing her like that. I guess. Yeah, I'm. I think I've said I'm not a big current Meryl fan. Like I, I think classic Meryl is great, but I did like that this was not Miranda Priestly. You know, yes. this was more a more likable, not likable in some senses, but at least a, a slightly warmer, self centered character. Totally. In, in it, others. But it was also giving me major like Madeline Ashton vibes, you know. Um, yeah, death, that's death, what I was getting from Death it. Becomes Her. And I love it. It was death a becomes full so much, Death so. Becomes Her, which I love like, that character. So so I was I was here for it. But also the, the plot is it's ridiculous, you know, in a way where yeah. I, I like the, the point of it. But yeah. you look at it and it's like we're canceling prom and this and that. Well, it's just it's just so much that I'm not saying that there's not these small towns who are. I mean, I get it. We're like, you know, we tolerance 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 but it was just kind of like such a soft little like oh okay like you know yeah like when uh, they're at the mall and he's doing the song to teach them about tolerance and it actually works yeah Yeah. (laughs) only in a musical yeah that Yeah. yeah i mean i guess the only thing i will say is like i don't begrudge anybody enjoying it if it helps them with their own kind of personal journey right like if this is going to be the piece of representation that allows someone to come out to their parents yeah. more power to them but this is not the thing that i would suggest to people as the maybe if you were on the kind of other side of that if you were the carrie washington's of the world i wouldn't be like oh no no this this will help you understand this will, this will convince yeah you. this will this will change your mind about things or if you let you know if you were someone who's on the fence about musicals i definitely wouldn't be like this is the one this is the yeah. one to watch i'd 100%. say cats watch cats and no <laughs> always well i i was saying before i think i said to jackie too i was like every time you know we talked about james corden but like when he's walking around and singing in this movie i'm just like but why is he not in a cat, a cat? suit like that's <laughs> because that's just what i think of now at buster for jones i mean that's who i think of and i, I, I shame, why, I shame why james corden why is he having this moment i don't get it yeah, like what know. am i missing about him yeah i don't know but it's an interesting choice, but I was, I rolled my eyes at some stuff and his, his accent wasn't great at all. He did. Oh, I, it was so bad. I will say he did get me a little, like when he had his first scene talking about the rejection from his mom and whatever, and he broke down, whatever, it got me a little bit. Like I thought it was well done enough where I was like, oh, okay. Like I, yeah, I liked it, but I, I, he could have easily been somebody else. I also thought it was interesting. Like not, not that we know when we greenlight these projects what things will be like, but obviously, again, the story is very, it's about, okay, tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. But I thought it was interesting that this is coming out in a year where, I mean, most seniors in America didn't get to have their proms. Yeah. Year. So yeah, it was I this thing thought. where yep. to kind of I had like, the same too, where they were like driving yeah. home how important the prom was. And I was like, oh. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's like a little tone deaf, huh? Because it's like, we're, 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 we didn't get to have prom at all. I, so 
<laughs> I don't feel like this is aimed at teenagers. Like this does not no. feel like a young audience. Although the other thing, it's not weird necessarily, but I was like, these fully grown adults are spending a lot of time with an unsupervised. Yeah, she's you yeah. know a senior, but <laughs> yeah. it was a weird. Yeah. Not inappropriate, but I was just like, this is a slightly odd friendship, and I don't yeah. know if ne- I buy it. <laughs> well, and Nicole and her sitting there and like eating ice cream together and stuff, and just it was just like it was a little like I don't know if I buy this, but. The James Corden taking her shopping, at least I appreciate that he, you know, met with grandma first and whatever. And it was like, but it was just so stereotypical, though. I I know. I know. It was was so much. But I'm glad they didn't they didn't go make her like like she wasn't just some frumpy dump that they just went and made hot or something like I like that. At least it was like, oh, we're trying to dress you up. But like she still looked like herself and still kept her essence, I guess. And I I did actually like her storyline well enough. And I liked the actress. I thought she was good. And I thought she's a great singer. So I was, you know, in in these movie musicals, and I'm guilty of liking plenty of them that do this, but in these movie musicals, we so often cast, when we did this here with star power, but we cast people just for the star power and like not for the vocal ability. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, I thought the singing was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she did well at the very least. She, She did. Yeah. 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 She, she was my favorite part of it. Yeah, I could see that. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. As if we didn't have enough Meryl this yeah. week. We don't have enough Meryl ever, though. I am okay. I'm at my Meryl quota. <laughs> I'm, I was way over my Meryl quota. I also watched these essentially back to back. I did too, yeah. Yeah, me no, I, too. I've never, um, I've never been in a Meryl, at a Meryl quota. I will say I've never arrived there. But for our, you know, our next film, I guess we're going to go into. Yeah. Uh, not my favorite. No. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad. Uh, finally, I'm Ooh, <laughs> not yeah. alone. Yeah, it's let them all talk. Yeah, yeah. I was having zero. A... Let's see. It was... I I I just the whole time was like, what is? What's the point of any of this? I just was having I a just, really hard time. I just <laughs> didn't understand why this movie got made. Who decided the plot was so terrible and or not interesting at least? Not I feel time. like this movie was sponsored by the Queen Mary too. And it's actually a glorified boat tourism or ship tourism ad because I was like, well, you could do better, I guess. And I don't know. I was thinking when it was figured out, it was Steven Soderbergh. I was like, oh, it makes sense to me because I don't love his stuff most of the time. So and just all the weird cinematography where it was like all of a sudden it would just be like looking through the boat instead of character development or anything. Yeah, the music breaks for just like all of a sudden it would just be music and you're just watching. It just was. I don't know. Well, it would just be like all kinds of just silent. Uh, it was a glamour word. shots of the boat. Yeah, glamour yeah. shots of the boat and, and glamour shots of them doing boring things. Like it was I'm just. I'm telling you, I think this is this is why it was sponsored by them. They're like, look, we'll give you free passage. We'll put you in the nicest suite. You make a movie. You don't even have to have a plot to it. <laughs> you just make a movie and it features our boat and make it look good. Great, great. And Meryl's like, sure, whatever. I'll do that. I could take a couple weeks on a boat. Yeah. It's it's weird, and she's she's kind of joining. Like she's, it seems like she's his muse, kind of Steven Soderbergh. And so it's like I I don't I feel like they must have a friendship at this point. And so I hope that we don't just get a bunch more movies that are just kind of pointless. That she's just like, sure, I'll do it because you're cool. But it might. Uh, I mean, the laundromat I found unbearable. Oh, for the most was, part, that was rough. I found it unbearable. I mean, and honestly, like I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. I know he did like ocean stuff, but I'm having a hard time remembering if I actually have really appreciated a Steven Soderbergh movie since probably Aaron Brockovich, to be honest. Um, and... I've got one, Magic Mike. <laughs> well, yeah. Only, only because it was it was truly like the most unexpected thing out of him, and yeah. I was like, this is it, Magic Mike is also a lot. The first one, at least, is a lot darker than 
people the commercials, expect it to be. Yeah. yeah, the commercials make it appear. And so I was like, oh, this is a real movie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That Logan Lucky wasn't bad. Yeah. As I say, also, though, like with Magic Mike, nobody went, nobody I know anyway, went into that expecting like a Plot. real movie. Yeah. So like the fact that you got something at all was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I could see that. But as far as like, oh, you've made a really great movie. You're a great director. It's like, for me, it, I think it probably peaked at Aaron Brockovich. And I'm not even, that's not even my favorite movie or anything. I just, I like it. But yeah. It's hard yeah. For me. I mean, I'm not a super fan of his. I, I liked Aaron Brockovich, obviously, but lately I haven't really loved anything. So I guess I liked the first Oceans remake, but I didn't like either of the sequels. Yeah. They were fine. I don't really, I haven't watched them since and I'm more than okay with that. Yeah. I was happy to see Gemma Chan. I love Gemma Chan. Yeah. So I was excited to see I, her. I love Gemma Chan, but she was better than this. This is. Yeah, I agree. She, I liked well, I like her. And... I also think, though, if Steven Soderbergh calls you and you're not. Oh, sure. Much, yeah. Like you just do. And Meryl Streep's in it. Like you say yes, but. Ugh. Also, Lucas Hedges is someone who I think is a pretty talented actor. Mm. And he was so monotone in this and made no yeah. sense. And I was like, what? You're. Of all the people for me to say this to in this film, I was like, Lucas Hedges, you're better than this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. you can pick better. Pro- but again, I think it's I think it's absolutely like I actually Steve like Candace and Meryl Streep. I liked Candace Bergen, but I like her. But I and yeah. her character was better than most of them. She had more of a plot than most, but it was still so missing. Yeah, and I was I mean, gonna say with like Lucas Hedges, it's I'm very hit or miss with his films, but he's always good. And so yeah, I agree that he. He, it was just kind of like, what was the point? You know, like, and I don't know. He, He's better than that. There was literally a line that Diane Weist has at some point where she's like, this is the most self-centered or like egocentric uh-huh. conversation I've ever been a part of. I was like, that, you just summarized the whole movie. The whole the film. Whole this whole film. movie is just the most yeah. self-centered egos. Like, it's just them soliloquizing at each other. And oh my God, the scene where she gives the book talk. Mm. I was like, the writer of this film, when they were writing that, were probably so self-satisfied and thinking like, I am writing the most brilliant piece of literary criticism and people people won't get it. Mm -hmm. So pretentious, which I hate. Yeah, so not something I would recommend to... To really anybody, unless you're that bored, unfortunately. I, no, I would. As, as a big, as a big Meryl, Meryl fanboy, I even am just like, I'm never going to watch this again. Like, it just, it was hard. It was never, hard for me. Never. I, I typically make it through things. Like, I don't want to, I didn't want to like, just like, okay, I'm just going to turn it off. I, so I finished it, but I wanted to turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I so. did. I actually did finish it, which is surprising for me since I've been turning things off. But it was, I got up and did stuff while it was on. <laughs> ironically i struggled more with getting through the prom than i did let them all talk hmm. but i think it might have been so I, I watched let them all talk on like a thursday night and i didn't get the prom until friday morning and so i was like rushing through early in the morning and i was like i didn't i was already meriled out at that point after having had to watch let them all talk which again we all aligned pretty bad and then felt obligated you know i had to yeah. watch the prom and i was just like i can't do this anymore <laughs> like i don't want to and love it or hate it the prom is a vibe like it is a mood and so it is you know you're either in the headspace for very that. long it was and you're either in the headspace for that or it's like oh my god not right now yeah <laughs> or not ever but it's or but, it's what it is. but yeah, yeah it's just it's one of those it's it is the definition of a campy over the top just like annoying musical and if that's not your thing then like steer all the way clear so like it, yeah it's a fun. yeah it's so i, I mean it's that. it's my thing when it's something i like you know sure, i think sure. it, and, and i do admit like i have to be in the right mood for it but yeah 
Yeah, let them all yeah, talk. I see hard pass. Yeah, let, let them all talk. I can't imagine a mood where I'd ever want to watch that again or ever. No. It's just, yeah. Ever. Unfortunate. So boring and slow and weird. And just no peaks. Like, there's just the story. Yeah, it, it was, was just, completely I don't... monotone. There was nothing. In, like, even when she dies, it's not interesting. Nope. No. None of it. I thought, no. oh, she died. Maybe that's going to. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Yep. No. Well, because then I was hoping it would turn into a murder mystery. I thought maybe, like, because we met that murder mystery guy on the boat, that maybe oh. it would suddenly have been, like, she got poisoned, and it would be way more interesting, and then, of course, it wasn't. I think if she died, like, earlier on in the film, I might have had those thoughts, but by the time it happened, I was well, like... Well, the problem is it was, was so like, late that I was like, oh, we don't even I was like, do not, do not introduce a plot if this is still on. Like, I was like, this has to be ending. <laughs> Yeah, so, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. I guess like I, the, really, actually, what made me so upset was the very, very end when like suddenly everyone else in her life becomes a writer, and I was like, no, yeah, it was that's not so, that was so weird <laughs> where they were all getting deals, and I'm like, what is happening right You're now? Like, okay, yeah, not believable at all. No, it was it was rough. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right. Well, I I actually legitimately would like to know what the two of you thought of a sugar and spice holiday, just our lifetime original movie for this week. Yeah, that was bad. I thought it. I thought it could have used a plot that would have made me happier. There was there were just things that was just so. It felt flat to me. Like I wanted more. I wanted to laugh at the badness more, and I and I wanted, or I wanted to like actually care about anybody. Like one of those two things would have been good. Do we do we feel it had more or less or comparable plot to Christmas Ever After? I think it had less plot because the christmas ever after plot was just so ridiculous but it was there it was really dumb. you know what i mean like it was yeah. silly and ridiculous but it was there whereas this was like i get it but it was it was like we're we keep on talking about this promotion that we want and then we're doing this bake-off thing but i'm just not really and i know grandma you know it's a legacy and stuff but i'm just not really quite following why why we care about any of the, any of it hardly you know and it, it was just weird for me and then it was driving me insane, like the, the cheapness of like so many of the sets and stuff that like are just even this bake off. There was not an oven in that entire room. And I just kept thinking, where are the Well, ovens? and there were like, there so- was a cut there was a cutaway shot of him putting stuff in an oven that was clearly like a different wall that they like, flew just, in. Because yeah, not well, even and I there. just like and I was always so annoyed because they did the end and they wouldn't be covered in flour or anything. They're completely yeah pristine giving away these cookies and i'm like that is i watch a lot of baking shows and i'm telling (laughs) you that like that is nothing like what it looks like also it was like make three dozen cookies and then there's a tray of maybe 15 cookies that is like their final presentation yes and everyone had that and i was like these little details i just i'm like why aren't we doing this and then well and the line do you remember okay so (laughs) so their rival group which i forget what their characters names were but they had that rival re with the, yeah. the other people from the other town the black people let's be honest like they they yeah. cast in colors like it yeah, was yeah. just they like sure you're the only black people in the movie so the, like, so the black town the town where the black people come from they were competing with the asian people well actually her group was multicultural i guess but um, their group was too but the, the twins they're like twins yeah, yeah they look nothing like whatsoever I yeah like, which could not have cast more different looking people no no Anyway, so the twins, and she's literally explaining her cookies, and she goes, yes, they have edible sugar on them. (laughs) And I was like, as opposed to sugar that's not edible. And honestly, I bet the line was edible glitter, and they just got it wrong, and literally no one fucking noticed, and it made it into the movie. (laughs) It's what I really, truly believe. And at the time when... When she was like baby, like babysitting the niece and nephew and whatever, and they went on the walk, and then they start throwing all the snowballs at her. But where they were standing, there was no snow on the ground. 
And I was, was like, where travel. are they getting? They had to run away and go get them because but, they could, the but like they, but the, couldn't afford. But I was like, the amount of snow, snowballs that they threw in succession at her. And it's like, and then her, the shots of her covered in snow behind her. So I was like, move the shot or move this snow over here. And just it was just weird things like that that I was like, oh, my God, this is bad. But, you know, I, I think I think I just needed to be drunk for it. And I wasn't. I think that would have helped things, you know. It probably would have, yeah. I feel like I liked Christmas Ever After more, and I think it was because because Ellie Stroker was in it good or, you know, not as good as she was. But I feel like even the simplicity of it, I mean, it was a really horrible plot. Like, don't get me like, wrong. I don't know if I'd call it simple for either. <laughs> but, yeah. These are yeah. the most convoluted. But this ones. one yeah. tried so hard to have this weird subplot with the grandma and the bake-off and then the promotion. Like, it was just... Oh. Okay, but in fairness, the core plots of these films are actually the same, right? It's mm-hmm. career-driven woman, has a deadline on the holidays, right. you know, has to get work done, blah, 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 Meets, finds love. Like, that is... Townie. At the, right. At the the, yeah. one th- the, one, the one thing I will give it credit for is that he moves to Australia for her, for her promotion. Yes. Yes. That was the one thing that I was like, oh my God, if she stays in this stupid town, if she gets the promotion, I'm going to burn it, burn it I off. still screamed because I was like, really, you've barely dated her so far and you're going to just yeah. move to Australia with her well, and it was so yeah. presumptuous because he's like I guess yeah. I have to move with you yeah, I was like, she didn't added, it, like no one extended an invite for you to come to Australia with me you just said sure and she's like oh, okay which again I can accept that because that's like the stupidity of all these plots yeah. of these Christmas movies but or holiday films but I mean when she broke grandma's oh, oh when he broke a grandma's rolling pin <laughs> that was pretty bad I'm, I I'm shocked it. that yeah. they survived She's like, that it's broken. And I was like, I've dropped rolling pins before. And I, I, I mean. They're very hard to break. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't. Unbelievably difficult and it to like, do. And it like split down the middle. Perfectly. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, perfectly. Was and I was just like, of course, of course. Yeah. Okay, in fairness to him moving wherever, at least they knew each other before, right? Like True. they grew True. up they, together. It wasn't just like, I've just met you. It wasn't seven just days fantasy, man. Yeah. yeah, you weren't on the cover of my books. <laughs> <laughs> right, I did. I did laugh at. Um, I I laughed at the little the Keanu Reeves moment. She's like, well, you know, oh, that was that was the best. I did. I did really like, like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was probably I, I the will, only good part of the. And movie. I will say, I I kept noticing. I my least favorite thing about the entire film was whoever, and I'm sorry to insult you, but whoever did the hair. I thought the hair was so like the mom's hair. I I it needed. Traumatic. I needed huge changes grandma's hair needed huge changes and then every time our our main girl's hair and she would just have it and then she would she would do it in a way and the bangs were long and then she'd be tucking it behind her ears so she looked like an elf but it she looked how like many and had these ears coming it's just ugh. did not notice at all i noticed the mom's was, hair was not a flattering cut it was not great yeah. but i did but, not particularly i thought her hair was just like constantly overdone i was like you, you yeah. have like a team of people well, waking was. up and, every morning I mean, and yeah yeah well and we even got to see a shot of her waking up with like false lashes on and makeup perfect which i know is a movie thing but that's it's just, just how laughing. you wake up in i was just laughing i was like jesus christ like this is... <laughs> i think but. honestly miley's favorite part was that she liked to categorize people by a dessert <laughs> So, like, when you introduced a new character, she would be like, yeah, they're caramel cheesecake. And I hated that a lot. That was bad. It was a rough time. Yeah. Yeah. I I did not like the film. Like, don't get me wrong. I (laughs) I I was like, waiting to hear yours. Yeah. So, I thought it was on par with 
Christmas Ever After in terms of, okay, it's not terrible enough that it's funny Funny. and it's not acceptable enough that it's enjoyable. I didn't feel like the leads had chemistry once again. I was torn because unlike Christmas Ever After, which just did not acknowledge at all the diversity factor, right? It was just like, oh no, she's in a wheelchair user. That's just, we're not going to, we're literally not going to address it ever. In this one, while they didn't make it about them being Asian, they very aggressively did have references and they talked about parts of being Asian. But there was one that I can't, it was like early on in the film and I was like, oh, we're, we're going for it. They didn't go too far with it, but at that point, I was like, lean in. Yeah, I kind of enjoyed that, though, like the food and the like traditions and stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. Of them but yeah, I, I agree. They could have leaned. They could have leaned a little bit heavier. Right. But but to me, the idea is like, OK, either don't do it at all. Right. You just don't address the fact that right. they're Asian or you make it actually about Asian culture. And it, that has nothing to do with cookie making and Christmas and stuff like right, that. Right, right, like right. That, right. But the fact that they like towed this middle line was pretty much a bummer for me. Also, whoever was like, time off. Do a Southern accent. Tai Ma is a very good actor. Yes. I love him, but he can't do a Southern accent if no. his life is No, it. no. And he was and just he, above this. It was so just bad. way above this. And it's like, and he just, like, obviously he just had to show up one day to film. His I know. Movie, I, I counted just, the number of scenes he was yeah. in. I was like, okay, so you probably just got a nice paycheck for one day yeah. of filming. But I, but I just was like, every time I saw him, which wasn't often, but I was just like, why? You know, like, <laughs> what are we doing? He had one kind of sweet scene, right? Where he, he's like, oh, we're proud of you, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, every, every Asian child wants that moment yeah. where your parents tell you you're proud of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, kind of, I, yeah, not that I expected better from this, but it was kind of annoying that she's supposed to learn how to fail and be okay. And then it turns out she didn't fail at any of it. Yeah. She, well, they yeah. lost the bake off, but yeah. Well, they won at the end. Oh, they did, huh? did they? Right, because like she doesn't move on to the next round, but then all of a sudden the other people can't make it, so she can go, oh, and then they, God. yeah, they cheated. They cheated. I blocked yeah, that. It, I blocked that out. Yeah, and so I would have preferred if she at least failed at one of the things, if that was the lesson. No, yeah. you can't have failure. There was yeah. there was a there was some moment in it that I thought they were gonna say like. Oh, she talks about her grades and something. She's like, that's the lowest grade I ever got on a paper. I was like, I thought, she, I truly thought she was going to say, I got an Asian F. Oh. You know? Again, just lean in. Just yeah, go yeah. for it. If you're going to do just, this, go for just it. Just do it, yeah. And also, is no one concerned by that she's talking to ghosts? <laughs> Apparently not. No one cared. Well, the nobody, problem is, is nobody Matt, because we watched it together, and he was like, uh, I, I don't know, not paying that much attention. And he couldn't, f- he thought she was alive. And he's like, why are we keep talking? Why is there a shrine of this alive woman? I was like, like, is this like a cultural thing? I was like, we're doing a shrine before she's even dead. And I was like, oh, so only she's singing. She has the shrine of Keanu Reeves. You know, we we honor that. But she like, but like in that one scene, like grandma like brought her cookies over and then like, I think they were still And then like left them at the table, which I thought was really interesting. And I was was like, like, well, but yes, I I, I will admit I was an idiot. And I was like, at first like, wait, what? But then I got it. But also I I couldn't. it's the film's fault too. It doesn't really. Yeah, they could have like force ghosted her. Like that would have been, just any sort of effect to imply that she is not but i was like you ladies both got it so i think you know it's the film but it's me it's me as well but you know i think my my other qualm with it was again if you're going to lean into this whole all asian cast which they did in the marketing like they made a point to be like oh it's our first the guy they cast is the main guy so white passing the most right i i think i was trying to look up what percentage asian he is and i think his grandparents were chinese 
So we're making maybe a quarter, which I, there's this whole complicated thing. I'm like, oh, are you Asian enough? Are you not Asian enough? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't, oh, I don't right. want to pass, especially as someone who is mixed myself, I don't want to pass a ton of judgment on that. But because there is such a stigma about sexualizing Asian men, they went with the least Asian looking person, it seems like they could, who still fit that bill where they're like, no, it'll be safe. Like the, nobody has a problem if the girl is, you know, looks completely oh, yeah. Asian, but but we can't, we can't risk having this guy, then you are potentially perpetuating the stigma even further if you were oh, not totally. casting. Yeah, well, I was bummed that he was so white looking. Like it That's just, the thing is like representation is still representation. However, if you are, as they say, white passing in a lot of ways, it's like it is a very safe gamble, I guess, if you want to say. And that's and that is annoying, you know, when you could have really leaned in and gotten. And I feel like they course, were trying to get someone who looked like Keanu Reeves, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't, but you know, as far as no, he did of, not. <laughs> as far as uh, percentages of of what they've got in them, I could see them being of the same cloth. You know what I mean? But but yeah. I also didn't think he was. I mean, and this is not you know a day fine whatever. But the line about like oh he was you know, oh well you were the most like the one well, that everyone liked. wanted in school. Yeah. This and, that, and I was like really you could have gotten a hotter person for that if you really were gonna like try to lean into this thing saying he was like the stud of the campus and I was like well, I don't really know and there I are see some that. there are some very hot Asian men so you really could have gone for it you know yeah and it was didn't. it was it was rough I was disappointed I don't think I was extra disappointed because it was you know the Asian led one I, I was I was I feel like I was set up for that potentially where I was like oh my god is this gonna be offensive and I don't think it ended up being offensive but there are ways I wish it had been more successful yeah and then or I wish it had been like a total disaster and that it would have been funny in the way that the other ones are funny and we it, you know it exactly. would have at least shown that like okay it's fine we get we get our crappy one too yeah <laughs> hooray we did it yeah but I don't want to have to pretend to like it because just because I want to support Asian led films yeah. Totally. Well, that was the best thing about Crazy Rich Asians. I'm, I'll be honest with you. Like when I was, I, I didn't think the trailer looked very good. I hadn't read the books. But then when it came out and everyone was loving it, my first thought was like, I was like, are people like loving this because representation or is it actually that good? And then I saw it and I was like, no, it's actually that good. <laughs> like yeah. I, I loved it. So it was like, I love that it's like, it just exists as this amazing, you know, wonderful movie and we need more of it, you know? And so, it, yeah, it's hard when something's not leaning all the way in or it's it's kind of, you want it to be, it's like we talked about with, you know, the, the other one, like we were talking with the, the representation for wheelchair users. It's like you, I wanted it to, yeah, fit into like, I'm laughing hysterically because this is as bad as all these others or just be really good. And so when it's in the middle ground, it just ends up being kind of disappointing. Yeah. Felt very similar. Yeah. yeah, I feel that. Well, thankfully, I think we are out of the ones to watch. I don't know. I'm sure Lifetime has a million more of them, but yeah. we are. I'm tapping out. I don't. Well, know there's only one more week before actual Christmas, and then it's kind of you know they kind of go away. You know, will that really stop them though? Does that actually stop them? Well, I say it that stops. That it stops my watching. I I watch okay. these these things from like November and December, and it's like it takes up a lot of what I'm watching because it's just I find them hysterical. But then after Christmas is done, I am like decorations all take down, everything's put away. Christmas is over like you it's like it's done like i'm very like that so i don't watch them anymore after that i don't either that's, that's fair oh okay there they do have at least one more we're not gonna watch it i cannot do uh, it what but, is it? <laughs> but guess the demographic um black people there you go although just, it's actually it's actually mixed race because the woman ooh. appears to be white and the guy the leading guy is black Ah, I mean, they also have like 10 more movies coming out, it seems yeah. like, but they're, they're main ones. Yeah. As I say, that's a whole nother kind of trope where like, we don't have to get into the implications of that, but it's like you, you barely ever see the opposite. It's always like you see black men with white women and I know it's a big thing and it's something where it's like, you know, like, oh, well, why don't it you would be more switch, interesting. switch it up, you know, Yeah. switch yeah. it up. But oh, you know, you know what? There was one I kind of wanted to watch only because it's, 
it's called the Christmas setup and I guess it must have already aired but it was the one where it's two guys and they are I think it's the first gay oh one. I heard and, and I they're heard played the- by a real life couple I actually heard that one was cute because they actually had chemistry, but I haven't right. seen oh, okay. it. So yeah, and Fran Drescher is in it. Oh well, then it's got to be good. Yeah, <laughs> love her. I hate right. her. Actually, her voice just drives me crazy, and I, I understand that's part of the stick. I just don't yeah. love it. Do you all remember the film The Beautician and the Beast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was on a flight back from, I think, Malaysia to the United States when I was younger. And it was one of the, it was the first plane I'd ever been on that had those personal TVs, mm. which was wild to me. This was before they ever, yeah. you know, it was mm. like an Asian airline. And so I stayed up for a ridiculously long flight because I was like, oh my God, I can, you know, everyone else was asleep. And I was like, I can watch all the things except for there were only five choices, which was actually impressive that you could watch five whole different things, you know, personal TV. There were games on it. I was like, this is the future. I watched The Beautician and the Beast three times. Wow. At least three times on that plane. I don't know how I did it. I don't know why, but ter- terrible movie. I, I really because can't. Because amazing. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, clearly thoroughly enjoyed it because I, <laughs> yeah. I was also, I'm a huge James Bond fan. And so I was like, Timothy oh. Dalton. <laughs> I can feel that. So bad. I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but I, I have trouble remembering too much. It's basically just Beauty and the Beast, but she's a beautician and he's, yeah. And I remember, like, I remember visions of it, you know, like I have scenes, but not a lot. That might be a movie I have to watch again just because. Because you watched it three times. Now you have to know. Because I watched it three times. Yeah, I have to know. I have to know how bad it was. But that's a, that's a digression. So Sugar and Spice Girls, like, I can't, I, in good conscience, don't really recommend it. Like, I don't recommend it. No. It just fell flat for me. I need, I need more. Or less, yeah. or yeah, more well, or less, more, or well, more, booze. more of yeah. more of something. Like it just yeah. that's the, you know whether yeah. it's more ridiculous plot, more terrible acting, more whatever. I yeah, I just need more. Yeah, right. <laughs> I feel that. And then finally, speaking of terrible acting, because they, they really are, I'm pretty sure actors. Uh, <laughs> Twelve days of Christmas. <laughs> oh God. Oh. What a whirlwind. I just have to say right off the bat, I am displeased with Garrett as a human being. I just think you came on the show. You just have to do it. And I was really pissed when I saw that we got two episodes. So it was episode seven and eight that dropped and it was like the going home episodes, whatever. I thought, okay, we're getting one for Faith. I think was her name, right? And then one for Chad. And I thought, okay, but then I was like, oh, wait, no, they're mixing it in. And the fact that Garrett got to be in it still, and then they did the stupid thing where all of his dates came to Christmas. Oh, that was, was like, so annoying. I was like, you didn't follow the rules and play the game right, so you're out. Like, I'm like, I hate it, but I get the producers needed to fill time and this and that, whatever. And I hated it. Well, it was just so ridiculous. I hated that we had to go to the proposal parts, though. Like, Doris, like, we're, like the ending oh. of, like, this little getaway. Like, like why do we have to go there? Like, I thought it was just about going home for Christmas, you know? It should just, it should have just been about going home for Christmas because that added layer of cheese was like just too much for me. It was so much. And then Garrett, I hated because if he really cared, he would have picked Jose, obviously. And then he didn't. I feel like Dominic telling him he didn't like him was like this weird challenge to him. And he couldn't Mm -hmm. handle the fact that this one guy didn't like him. And so then he had to go after Dominic harder. Yep. And then Dominic, being like a real person, actually just didn't show up at Christmas. And he was like, and he rejected me. And he was like, I was like, you're so awful. Who would want you? <laughs> Only Jose. Well, okay. I, I don't think he has to go for Jose because I'm like, even if you are on a reality show, like you shouldn't feel forced into, no. you know, going no, no, into no, these but- lines. But I agree that the Dominic thing, I was like, read the room, dude. He's yes. also not allowed to, he's allowed to not like you. 
Yeah. Well, he was just blaming Jose for that, being like, "You staked your claim on me, so he won't. He can't let himself like me." Like he was blaming Jose, and it was like, again, you don't have to pick Jose, but it's a thing where he should have picked. He wanted to pick Dominic, but I think he was afraid of being embarrassed by Dominic rejecting him, and he wasn't going to pick the other guy because he didn't spend any time getting to know him. So it's this thing where, like, it's just I think that's why he was saving face by not picking anybody, but it just pisses me off. I don't know if it's just my producing background with these kind of shows, like, you know, not this kind, but, you know, reality. It's just kind of like you are being paid to be on the show to do a job, and then you're just not going to, like, follow through on your commitment. Even if you were like, you know what? It's not a love connection, but I have the most connection with you, so I'm taking this guy home for Christmas, and we'll see where it goes. And then Nick could break up at the end of it. He could be like, yeah, oh, this wow. isn't working for me. But And I, I also something. thought it was interesting that he was like, Garrett's like, oh, I'm not going to bring someone home unless I really care about them because I wouldn't do that to my family. And then it turns out he hasn't spoken to his family in like two years. Yeah, so he like, clearly didn't have like a strong relationship with them. That's what I uh, I felt like the, the decision to bring everyone home and the decision to not pick someone was actually an over-engineered producing choice. Yes. Like, but no, but I, I'm, I think Oh, you think even the fact that he didn't pick. Oh, oh yeah. I, oh, I 100% think that that was... Because, like, you can't just plan on having all of these people show up over... Even if it's pre-Christmas, right? Like, that's the coordination involved in that. I feel like required too much producer buy-in too early on in oh, order just, to have that... Pull oh, that off. Oh, I guess I sort of just assume... That they plan on bringing everyone because they don't know what. But imagine if you make. get dismissed week one, right? You can release those airline tickets, or you don't have to make accommodations sure. or whatever. You know, like I just, I just feel like they thought that this was going to be a good plot line for him, because then you have your like super happy ending, you have your uh, will they, won't they, and then you have this like whatever in between story, and then setting up for the next season, which apparently is casting right now. And Garrett's and Garrett's like, but maybe involved again. It's just like He's no, like, he doesn't oh, deserve I hate that. that. And no one liked him, right? He doesn't no deserve like it. We, I, I think we all started liking him. I feel like we That's started. I liked him. I liked him. I did like him at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But then I hated him at the end. I will say that the girl and the cop were probably the most real, which was. I, be- I believed them, like their connection, I guess. Faith and uh, Anthony. I believed them in that they were smart enough to be like, yeah, we're not ready for. Like, we, uh, we acknowledge that there would be issues in terms of. Yeah. The logistics. I couldn't even. The other two who were like, I love you. I couldn't even watch the proposal. I was like, this is so awful. She's like calling him her best friend. And the only things that she could name that they have in common was they both like cereal and pizza. And I can tell you that most people like cereal and pizza. So it's not that high of a threshold. She was like, I love you so much. And you're my best friend. And blah, blah, blah. And it was like, wait, what? Like, it's not even possible. Like, Like, it's not even. It it was so weird. You couldn't even see. That they had any chemistry. They weren't like sitting in corners, like laughing and joking together and like having a good time. Like it was so awkward. And then they're like, yes, I love you. Well, and I I liked her, but I thought it was funny. She kind of looked like a younger version of his mom. (laughs) Once we saw him get home and I was like, oh, Oh, I didn't even notice that. Not like identical, but I just mean like, like, oh, you know, people people date their parents, you know? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think this is partially just her whatever accent she had. But I, I just struggled to take anything she said seriously. Yeah. It was the way she says everything. It's just when she says, okay, I'm glad you, I can't do the accent, but she's like, I, I'm glad you said that because I've been meaning to tell you, um, I, I think I love you too. I was just cracking up because I was yeah. like, no, I couldn't even. enough to pull this off. It was just so bad. And you know, what was the guy's name? Anthony. Chad. Chad. Anthony. Chad. Well, Chad, Chad's her guy. Yeah, Anthony's the cop, yeah. right? Okay. I'm talking about guy, yeah. Chad. 
So Chad, he was trying really hard to sell it. Like he was trying real hard to sell that proposal and make us believe that he actually loved her. But I was like, no, this is not possible. I'm excited for the reunion because I want to know what happened. Well, it's got Shangela, which I'm excited about. So did we talk about it on this or did I do it in the footnotes? Shangela knows Corey. Corey, our clingy, our super clingy, super Garrett's first or second date. Oh, I forgot who Corey was. Supposedly Corey is Shangela's trainer or something along those lines. Hmm. Angela's all up in his social media. Okay. That's interesting. So I'm like, okay, I don't know which came first, the producers reaching out to Shangela and being like, or, or, you know, that was a shocking number of people who knew each other in this show. Right. Corey didn't know anybody else, it seemed like. Well, no, but Jose knew what's his face. And then um, what was the other one? Um, There was a guy who knew Faith. Right. There was a guy who knew Faith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, She had met yeah. him before and they worked together in her model. It was just bizarre that they all happened to be in the same circle. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine the way they, they reach out to these folks, you know, you tend to, you reach out to people who end up being connected to each It's, it's a small pool, a relatively yeah. small pool, it feels like. And I think that but, they, I think that, that that's also a, a casting decision to kind of, we used to do it on the real world all the time where like you kind of get people that kind of have a couple of degrees of separation so they already have potential beef or bonding that might happen. Yeah, and I yeah, think that, that makes they, sense. They, it's kind of like a way to guarantee that something interesting might come from it. Yeah, but I, I don't know if the after show is going to acknowledge that Corey and Shangela know each other. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it elevates the show in terms of, I was like, this is, a, again, yeah. you know, week one, we couldn't even, you two couldn't even find it on HBO Max because right. they hit it so hard. I, and well, now suddenly somebody who at least people vaguely in some communities know who they are yeah. is involved in the, re- the reunion. But to that note, I mean, I know we said that, we talked about it the first time we were talking about this and how hard it was to find. Every time, every week when I'd go back to find the episodes, it still was wasn't recommending it to me it wasn't like oh continue watching this i had to go find it every time and i was like are you just trying to bury this completely like i don't it was weird but then if they're if they're doing casting for second season they clearly have greenlit or at least want to spend some money on it because you know going through the casting is expensive so right they're clearly at least throwing money at that part of it even if it doesn't get filmed i do feel like it's a show that's slow burning a little bit like people are i'm hearing yeah, more and more people be like oh have you seen like there's a bravo facebook group i'm in that was like you know not bravo related but has anyone right. seen 12 dates of christmas so I was like yes i have <laughs> yeah no i could see it having a bit of an afterlife and i and again i hate watched i enjoyed i enjoyed every second of watching it it just was it was a lot i would i would love it if it was a little less produced next season yeah, yeah i would too and i need that narration just a tiny bit yeah and then when it when it came back at the end and the cards and the text appearing on screen and like the bad rhymes the poorly written poems i can't do it Christmas, pay me like a couple bucks and i will write better copy just for any, you 100 yeah. percent. and it yeah. just needs it needs a, a host i i like a, i think a host yeah. works better than this weird calendar situation did or dana you can be the narrator for season two i think i would happily be the narrator i think you'd kill it yeah i think you you would too call thank you you got a good voice for that hbo max (laughs) yeah you can reach her just go to her social uh yeah you can find me on social media yeah Uh, let her know find us at our podcast maybe reach out to shangela or Corey. maybe they've got some pull well, we know Corey has an alert set for yeah, we sure do. social media. I forgot Corey about that. immediately retweeted, retweeted when we started covering the show. And I was right. like, you definitely didn't listen to what we said because right. you, you we weren't, me, friend. Yeah, we weren't that kind. <laughs> we were, we were, we were fair. I, fair. We I were do fair think it would be more interesting. I guess, 
Yeah. If Shangela was the host the whole time. That, yeah, that, yeah, that would have been better. That would be really... And, well, because Shangela's a great host. Maybe they'll do that after the, the reunion. If they like how it went, maybe they'll do for season two. They'll have Shangela just kind of... Yeah, I, th- I think they need a bigger budget because... Be the Christmas queen, you know? Yeah. Or holiday queen. Or... I would love that. Yeah, I just yeah. felt it. Like it feels so overproduced without a host. So. It also just feels like I did. I thought they were gonna spread this out through until Christmas. I guess we're almost at Christmas. I but thought so too. So I many episodes too. a week. They go by fast. I'll give them that. But you yeah, just like do. you don't know what happens because so many things happen in each episode. Yeah. I think. I think cut. So my suggestions, if you're listening, HBO Max or whoever. Yeah. So hire this. hire Dana to do VO, and then Jackie's gonna do some if, cuts for you. Right. And so. Hire Dana, and then we're going to do Shangela as the host, so it seems less produced. And then we're going to cut off at Christmas. We're not doing this weird New Year's thing. It didn't work. We're not going to, like, Mexico or wherever they were. We're not going to Mexico. That's boring. Let's just do the family dates and see what happens. Do we think for season two that they are going to continue this Christmas conceit? Or could they change it up and do, like, 12 dates of Valentine's well, I actually I don't know. know Thanksgiving. I, I don't know how this works. Yeah, I do know someone who's going through the process right now of casting, but I can't say much more than that. And I would right. say that, like, they still call it that. Okay, I, I could see them sticking with the Christmas shtick because these people clearly like this model of of uh, dating show, if you will. So I could see them making a show that centers around Valentine's Day. That's a little different. That is just its own beast or something, you know. Rather than like yeah. making this one be all of the things, I think. I think that they want to keep on creating the same, the same show in in a little bit different of a form over and over and over. <laughs> That's what it seems. Yeah, it just it just feels like given that they have not aggressively pushed the marketing for it, that maybe yeah. they were not one hundred percent sold on the conceit of the Christmas part of it, right? Because it does right. make it hard to watch at other times of the year. Yeah, know? and I don't know That's if true. in January somebody who hadn't watched it yet would be like, "I'm going to watch Twelve Days." Exactly. Of no, it really does kind of shoehorn That's it true. there because it's it's like I was, you know, I think there are people out there that it's like once the holidays over, it's like you don't want to watch holiday stuff. It's like what well, I am. So, and if one, these types of shows get popular, they can do multiple seasons a year, right? Which is very profitable, right? But if you keep it to Christmas, you couldn't. No, yeah. it's interesting. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to find out if we actually end up seeing a season two. Well, we'll be we'll be watching. Yeah, and people, it's worth watching if you have nothing better to do. Which guess what? You don't. You don't have anything better to do. If you like these sort of dating yeah, reality like shows, this, yeah. this is definitely up that alley. It's the same thing. You'll enjoy it. It yeah. does not purport to be anything that it isn't do you know what i mean like it's exactly, exactly yeah. what you think it yep. is and so if you think it seems interesting it's going to be interesting that's it yeah 100 percent. and everyone's a monster on it yeah yeah <laughs> like they should be yeah. you know oh, monsters yeah what was her name skylar i want so let's i want skylar, skylar back ne- let's do skylar next season without stupid oh she might get i wouldn't be surprised if she was my favorite i just like that she tried to steal the show that's all that's yeah, all i liked I about it yeah. I, as a person, I wasn't like, let's be best friends or anything, but I just thought it was no, no, hilarious no. and great that she, she was, was trying to make it about her. She was just like, and she did, she actually manipulated him into mm-hmm. choosing her for one more time, even though yeah. clearly she was just doing it so she could be on the show longer. And I'm desperate to know if she and the French guy actually got together, or French Canadian <laughs> got together. I think the, the having them stick around was definitely a producer thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hold on, I'm trying to... I had notes, but I've lost them. Nope, these are my notes from the other thing. <laughs> my my notes, my other note from what's it called? The Sugar and Spice Holiday was. Why do these all take place in Maine? Why do all Christmas movies it's take place in Maine? It's always some East Coast situation. It's very yeah, because it has to be like a winter wonderland and. Yeah, I guess. 
It's so weird. Yeah, there, I did sort of like, it felt very forced and very out of character for the show, but I did like the Garrett's mom giving the gift to, I can't even remember his name, but the Asian guy being like, oh, you always have a home here. I was like, no, you don't, but that's a sweet gesture. Right. Like, it was it was cute. <laughs> yeah. It was a little overdone because it was like, oh, uh, but it was, I liked the idea of it. Yeah. yeah. Um. The the pizza, but the, when the two say I love you to each other and the the friend of theirs brings over the pizza and the beer and just interrupts that moment. I loved that. That part, I was like, clearly somebody's like in his ear being like, go over now. Go yeah, over now. Go over right now. Go, over, go sit down at the table. Don't, just sit down. Pour yourself a beer. Like, right. don't, don't leave. Whatever you do. Right. No, it was. But that's part of the big problem with the whole show is that you can, you can just hear the producer. all those all those moments. Like, every time something would happen, you can just hear the, what just, the producers must I be saying. Honestly, I, I think they would get a better show if they produced it less and like let people just be wild and awful because or it works in a lot of ways. If they hired us. Yeah, or hired us. That's fine. I yeah. would be able to help, I'm sure. I think we could do it. We, we could totally yeah. do it. Let's make our own. You also need more scenes of them like getting ready and like in places that don't seem so manicured for them, yeah. you know? Right. We did get one on the bed talk, not in like a sexy way, yes, but it, yes, was, yes. it was something that uh, Jackie, you had pointed out early on. And I was like, oh yeah, we finally got one of those. Yeah, we Too did late. get one, but it was a little, uh, and it, the bed was perfectly made and it, it was still, it was clearly yeah, it was like no one had slept there or did anything, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want a little more behind the scenes so it feels more real. Yeah. Like I think I said this last time, but I, in that castle, it's just, I need cameras posted in areas where we can just see them interacting naturally instead of just I mean, sets. who doesn't love the nighttime camera just trying to see if anyone's yeah. getting it on? Everyone yeah. enjoys that camera. Yeah. It just you would make just, it so much easier. You the here. hallway even, right? When people are just like, you see them sneaking to each other's rooms. I don't even exactly. see in the room. I don't even no. know what happens. I just enjoy the like... Just the implication is enough, but yeah. but it also just would help with the reality of it if, like, I was, you know, saying that, like, every scene they filmed was in these perfectly lit same areas, and it was like, hey, obviously, you come over here, you come over here, talk by the fireplace, pretend you were just here, and it's like, I want to have a, maybe a smaller, I like the castle, but maybe it's a smaller space and kind of a little more, I guess, like, real world style, a little bit where they are, like, kind of really, really cohabitating this area and, like, yes, getting to know each other. Yes, I would love that other. better. That's what I, I mean. Want. I think it's actually the same issue that something like Sugar and Spice Holiday or uh, Christmas Ever After is dealing with, right? Where it's like, it's not quite earnest enough, yeah. but it's not messy enough either. And they, yeah. they need to decide. Because if they, guess, they'd gone with What's Her Face Skylar, it would have been like, oh, this is the type of, I love this mess. Like, bring totally. me this mess. Right, right. I guess what I want is like, I really want Love Island, but Christmas themed, you know, yes. where they're like yeah. in yeah. a place together and there's just cameras you can tell just posted places. And there's some people walking around, but like you can tell that like they just don't, yeah. they well, just no, don't be it's, messy. And it's, it's again, it's like not to shame it to the point of comparing it to Godmothered, but it's the kind of thing where <laughs> they're, they're a little too in on their own joke to where it's not, mm -hmm. funny. it's not actually as funny as they want it to be or think it is because they are actually like too in on it. And it's like, you're, you're overdoing this. Whereas if you just let it marinate and be, have these stupid cheesy things. Like I said, we talked about Shangelo would be great, but we were talking about what if the host was Santa and like, just really just yes, crap, yes, you know, like yes. lean, lean yeah. into that horrible, just like, this is so campy and cheesy and just, like, just own it. And then it would be better. Yeah. Next season, 24 dates of Christmas. Yeah. Produced yeah. by us yeah. and Santa Claus. Yeah. Thank um, Shanta. Sh oh, 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 oh my God, drag Santa would 
be so oh i want that so bad now oh no no see this is why matt got paid the big bucks to do reality stuff like we gotta bring out a retirement but we just we just completely created a much better show so i just think with with a lot of the same all the same pieces that they have to work with so i just think you know they need to take get us in a room together yeah exactly Listen to this. Well, listen th- to this podcast and fix listen your show. Listen to this podcast, fix Corey. Show. Corey, get this into Shangela's hands. We know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, we we will take fees for fix it, but um, we'll bring you. We'll bring you back for season two. Even just get us. You know, we'll, Corey, you can be we'll the one. We'll make you a main dater. Yeah, you yeah. could be the one looking for for the, the Christmas date. We'll, and, we'll uh, kick Garrett out in a heartbeat. Heart, Garrett is heartbeat. done. Oh, Corey so over Corey, one. Corey over Garrett all day for television. I actually, I would oh. kind of like to see Corey as the main dater in that because yes. I'm like, he got so clingy so fast. Well, he got so attached that that would be an actually interesting that thing to see. So yeah. interesting to watch. Yeah, especially when he's forced to go on other dates and like mm-hmm. you know, ditch other people. Yeah, and do the things that hurt him. He's because that's the thing is they all got so sensitive and hurt. Oh, this and that, but it's like you know this is what they have to be doing. It's like they're dating other people for the show. So yeah, this is like, the whole conceit of the it would show. Be you inter- can't get angry, right? It would be interesting to see with his level of how he did get attached, how he gets attached to multiple people. I just, I don't know. I would take him over Garrett any day as far as a cast member goes for the show. It's just more, more interesting. So we do Corey, oh. Corey Skyler, and, and someone new, and someone new. So maybe maybe it might be in the casting process. Yeah, yeah. Maybe no, I mean the other thing is I the other thought I was I had was maybe it's going to go in um what was the show? There's a season of Are You the One? Yeah. They did a whole season where everybody in the house was pan or bi mm-hmm. or just like super open sexually. So anybody could have been dating anybody at any point. Yeah. That and would be cool. I, right. That's why I thought that's where it was going to go. And exactly. Yeah. yeah. What would be really great is to bring some trans people into the mix. You know, oh yeah. Just, I could be in. Just expand yeah. the representation. Yeah, you don't get a lot of dating stuff there, you know, and, and that you know kind of that's You know what would be really zone. great so. is a poly dating show. Yeah, so really the only thing we can recommend for this week is 12 Dates of Christmas, and that's... That we can all, yeah. shocking, shocking thing. Shocking yeah. revelation, you know. Well, thank you both for slugging through those. Yeah. All yeah, those with us. It's we're, we're almost at Christmas, and then we can finally stop watching all these. Yeah. <laughs> all <day laughs> right, right. I can stop watching all these holiday movies. Right. Thank you again to Jackie and Matt for joining. And now a few quick follow-up points. In terms of The Prom, yes, the original writers did help adapt the Netflix version, both for the music and the actual screenplay, so they were heavily involved in that. For A Sugar and Spice Holiday, the only thing I could find was an interview with Tony Guru, and it did say his grandparents were Chinese, but I don't know if that's on both sides or one side or what the, what the mix is there. And then finally for 12 Dates of Christmas, we did a little more digging into Corey and Shangela's connection. And from a post on January 9th of 2020, Corey showed a workout with Shangela. Shangela had a lot more social media to dig through, but she also has the same post on her Instagram, but that's about the only time they sort of cross-pollinate. So it'll be interesting to see how their dynamic plays out in the reunion. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.